Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the Word of God. I'm going to read out of Matthew chapter 20 to you today. This is a, this is a parable that um, used to confuse me or used to, I go, this just isn't quite right when I read it. Um, I remember for years being a little bit like that and, uh, and then God has started to reveal it to me and not saying I know everything about this parable but started to reveal it to me and we'll just read it and we'll get into it. Matthew chapter 20 verse 1 it's the parable of the workers in the vineyard. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard, vineyard however we say it. He agreed to pay them for the denarius a day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. And so they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found others still standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you go also and work in my vineyard. I'll stop there and we'll keep reading. I find that interesting. I, I, I used to live in Maroochydore. I used to be a youth pastor in Maroochydore. And we would go to the Sunshine Plaza all the time. I don't know if Noosa Civic's the same. Do you guys, you probably venture down on the plaza anyway from time to time. And on a Thursday night, there was like teenagers everywhere. And they were all doing nothing. Just standing around doing, well, actually, the one thing they might have been doing is smoking um, and getting chased by security. But they, all, they, they were just, and I remember as a youth pastor, my heart was, I'm like, these guys are standing around and, and they're just purposeless. And it just, I just got that picture of, of these guys here. They're standing in the marketplace all day. And, and, and the, the landowner comes and says, why, are you, why aren't you doing anything like Because no one's hired us. And, and it just gave me this picture that, that people are looking for purpose. People are looking, you know, they're not just something to do, but a reason. Like, like they're looking for purpose. And these guys have been standing around all day. And there's people in our community, and they're looking for purpose. And, and they need someone to give them some purpose. And I, I even find before people accept Christ, if, you know, you get them involved with, you know, giving as a church. We, we, I remember one, one year our, our guys ran this barbecue um, on Christmas Day. And all these people turned up because they had no one to spend Christmas Day in. But you know what? None of them wanted to just come and receive the food. Everyone wanted to come and help serve. People are looking for purpose. Anyway, let's keep reading on. Verse 8, it says, When the evening came, the landowner of, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. That's, that's a, a day's wage. So when those who were hired first came, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last only worked one hour. They said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work of the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Did you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay. Sorry, didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give to the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. I remember reading this parable and it just messed with me because I'm into fairness. I remember as a kid, 
It'd be like if mum dished up a bowl of ice cream to my brother that was even slightly bigger than mine, it was, mum, come on, this is not fair. Like, you know, or, you know, more sausages or more food on the, like three boys, especially, you know, three hungry growing boys. And it's like, come on, mum, that's not fair. I'm missing out. As you can see, I didn't miss out. Um, I'm fine. I made it through. I survived. Um, but it was always, everything was always about being fair. And I, as I remember reading this as a, as, a, as a teenager, I'm like, that's just not right. That's not fair. Why do the guys that work the whole day, I'd get the same as the guys who worked an hour. But as I look at this, and I want to share a few things with you this morning, I, I realize that generosity is not fair. God's not even fair. I'll tell you why. Uh, that, that, I mean, that, that, that can throw us. God's not fair. What? What are you saying? God's not fair. If, if God were fair, he wouldn't have sent his son Jesus to die for us and pay the price for our sins. Because that, that's not fair that Jesus, who did not sin, paid the price for our sin. I'm so glad I don't get what I deserve. I'm so glad that Jesus has come and given his life for us because I don't deserve that. That's not actually fair. If I got what was fair, I would be separated from God for eternity. I'm so glad that I received the most generous act that ever took place on, 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 on the face of this planet when God sent his son Jesus to die for us. We didn't deserve that. That's not actually fair. And so generosity is not fair. And so we have to switch the mindset. I'm not saying you go out and rip people off. But I'm saying generosity, the opposite to that, is actually not always fair. I got to go to the Philippines last year and meet one of our little sponsor boys. We have a, a little boy, Gian, in the Philippines. We have another little boy, Willie J, in, uh, in Indonesia. And Willie J is, has the exact same birth date as Harry. Not just the birthday, but birth date. And so he, Harry's stoked about that. And so um, anyway, Gian, I got, I got to meet Gian. And if we can put a picture up of Gian, I've got one there. You'll see there's me and Gian with the soccer ball. Gian loves soccer. And he didn't have a soccer ball. And in fact, no one in his community had a soccer ball. And uh, I was blessed enough to be able to give him a, a soccer ball. But I, I didn't give it to him straight away. Because I, I went in and I'm like, I want to build a relationship. I don't want to, first thing I do, hey, here's a soccer ball, you know, first time I meet him. So we spent a few hours together first. But when I first met him, within about 20 minutes, we're just sitting down chatting, and he's very shy. He's just turned 12 last October. And I was telling him about Harry, and I was showing him pictures, and, and about Mel as well, but I'm um, showing him pictures of Harry. And, um, and, I, and I saw he had these little armbands on. He had a, a Batman and a, a Superman armband, like the little compassion ones that we've got up the back there. And I said, oh, my, you like Batman and Superman? He's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, my boy Harry likes Batman and Superman too. And Gian took the armbands off and handed them to me and said, I want you to give them to Harry. And I'm like, I know how much Harry has. Harry has more toys than Gian's whole community, probably the whole city there has. Um, I know how much he has. And, and, and I, I didn't want to take them, but then I, his parents are not looking at me like, please take them. And I realized, who am I to stop his act of generosity? And I took them and, and, and I brought them home and they sit on Harry's bedside table and, and we pray every night for Gian and Willie J and, and Harry knows the armbands and knows they're special um, because little boy with so little around the, halfway around the world said, it was just his automatic response. As soon as I said, oh, Harry loves me, he just take them straight off and give them to me. 
And I got to give him the soccer ball later and we played soccer on the oval and it was, it was, we had a ball. It was, it was fantastic. But I just thought the act of generosity. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what? That's not fair. Harry has so much more than him, but generosity is not fairness. They're not the same thing. And, and, and it just blessed me so much uh, in, in that act of generosity. And, and, and more than me, what it will do for my son. As, as he knows that Gian has so little yet gave that to him. Anyway... Generosity provides opportunity and purpose. These, these men in this story, they were there all day and they're unemployed. Um, and I love that it actually specifies they've been there all day. Because it meant they were there in the morning when the landowner went and hired people. So these guys were not his first choice. He'd hired other people. He hired probably everyone he thought he'd need for the day at 6 a.m. And he went back at 9 and hired a few more. And th- these guys were there at the end of that. Like these guys had been there. They were still there at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And he goes and hires them. And what I love about that is, I don't think the landowner needed to hire them. He would have hired them first thing in the morning if he needed to hire them. And he's hiring them at five o'clock for one hour's work at the end of the day. He didn't hire them because he needed them. And generosity doesn't do something because we, we need them. Generosity acts regardless of whether we need them. And I see this man, and, and he's like, I've got to give the... What, you've been here all day? Why, why aren't you working? Well, no one hired us. He's like, all right, well, I'll hire you then. I'll give you a job. I'll give you an opportunity. I'll give you purpose. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the shot that you need. I love that. He didn't hire them for his benefit. He hired them for their benefit. He wanted to give them an opportunity. I'll put a picture up, uh, another picture up of, of two young girls, Gina and Yvonne. And, uh, and Gina here is the girl in the yellow top there. Um, and if we can put the picture up of Gina's house or the, the picture up of, of where Gina grew up. This is, this is where Gina grew up. Now, when I say this is Gina's house, that is the entirety of it. That's the whole thing. And they slept in a tent outside, but not like the luxury tents that we buy from BCF. Um, talking about a tarp on a few bits of bamboo. And that, that's, that's where Gina grew up. And Gina was sponsored through Compassion Child Sponsorship. And she started to come and she, she gave her life to Jesus and started going to church. And even the, the help that she was receiving, her parents, when she was about 12 or 13 and she committed her life to Christ, her parents would persecute her and mock her for going to church. And for two years, Gina cried out to God. And I love this. I, know, I love what her prayer was because she had received the most generous act ever. She had received Christ. And her prayer wasn't, God, give me a better house. Her prayer wasn't, God, give me this, give me that, give me this. Her prayer was for two years, God, I just want my parents to know you. And when I met Gina in October last year, her parents had come to Christ uh, about a year before. They'd been baptized in the church. They got married. They weren't married yet. And her parents just cried as they shared about, you know, they were so glad that Gina had come through Compassion's ministry, had met Christ because they knew Christ now. And it was just phenomenal. But her purpose all of a sudden, because the act of generosity wasn't give me all this, her purpose was, I want my parents to know Christ. And it was, it was just phenomenal. She today, Gina's in university, she's doing a teaching degree, and her goal, after, as soon as she gets her, her teacher's degree and starts teaching, her goal is, I want to sponsor kids myself. That's her goal. That's her purpose. Generosity provides purpose and opportunity. Generosity exposes stinginess. The other workers were upset because it wasn't fair that they got that these guys that worked one hour got the same amount as them for working the whole day. 
Here's the thing I notice. The guy never ripped them off. He, he, he offered to pay them a denarius, a day's wage, and he paid them a denarius, a day's wage. And these guys got all upset because the other guys are getting more. And at the end, the guy says to them, what, you're upset because I'm being generous? Generosity exposes stinginess. This parable's about salvation. That, that's really, you know, it's about generosity, it's about salvation. These, um, you know, th- this story is like, you know, people that have been Christians their whole life and they serve God their whole life and then there's people that can accept Christ in, in the last moment of their life and, and, and we get this, we both get Jesus, we both get heaven. Doesn't matter. And, and, and you know what, a good little test for yourself, you know, sometimes you've been a Christian for 20 years maybe and someone becomes a Christian and all of a sudden, like everything they touch is awesome in that first year. Like they're new Christians, miracles are happening, healing's happening, you know, just breakthrough, you know, just everything, you know, you've been praying for your family, you get saved for 20 years and someone becomes a Christian and their whole family just comes to Christ and you're looking. And if you're a little bit like, then you just got to check your heart. Maybe there's a little bit of stinginess in there. Maybe there's a little bit in there. Rejoice in others' blessings. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 in the message version, it says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Generosity is as much about relationships as it is resources. The landowner kept going back to the marketplace. He wasn't responsible for these men, but he couldn't bear the thought of leaving them there without any purpose and, and, and unemployed. And, and I, but then I asked myself the question, why did he pay them a full, stay, full day's wage for one hour work? Because he wanted them to come back and work the next day. He was interested in relationship with these guys. So he went over and above and was generous and it meant he could have an ongoing relationship with these guys and, and give them purpose. Resource is important because it gives the opportunity for further relationship. But relationship in generosity is, is just as important, if not the most important thing. Those two girls that were up there before the other girl in the picture, her name's Yvonne. And uh, Yvonne grew up in a house not much different to, to Gina's there. Um, very, very similar. And uh, Yvonne was the, the product of a short-term relationship between mum and dad. They didn't stay together. Dad went and had his own family. Mum did, and neither of them wanted Yvonne. Yvonne grew up with her grandparents. And she came into Compassion's Child Sponsorship and started going along, and then her grandparents had to move, and they moved away. And they, they got away from the project. Now, when I say moved away, I'm talking like six kilometres from the project. But that was too, they don't have transport. It was too far for her to walk. And so in Yvonne's mind, she gave up on going. She, she said, I give up. And she went and found a job at a factory. She's 12 years of age, found a job at a factory next to her and said, I'm going to, I'm just going to work to pay my way through school. Working nights as a 12-year-old in a factory. She said, I gave up on compassion. But then she said these words. She said, but compassion didn't give up on me. And and, uh, the the, the project director at that project that that oversaw that, he would every Saturday when when they had to come to to the local church for their time with compassion, he would walk from the church, six kilometres to her house, pick her up, walk her back to the project, spend eight hours there with the kids all day, then he would walk her home and then he would walk back at the end of the day to make sure, and he did that every Saturday to make sure that she got there and that she went. She's like, compassion fought for me. That's the calibre of people that are looking after the kids and that are, are ministering to them. And, and that's, see, generosity is as much about relationship as it is about resource. It's about both. And in finishing this morning, generosity can't help itself. 
see, generosity is not an obligation. It's not a guilt thing. Now, everywhere I go, I'm like, God, I make sure today when I share with people about the ministry of compassion, God, I don't want them to do this out of obligation. I don't want to do, I don't want to ever guilt them into doing it. I don't want to, you know, get up and say, you know, you earn so much. Because that's not God. That's not generosity. That's not God. That's not Jesus. Generosity can't help itself. So it's like Jesus. It's like uh, the, the guy Zacchaeus meets Jesus, climbs up. He's a tax collector, and he, he encounters Jesus at day. And the end of it, he's like, "Look, Lord, I, I give half of everything I have to the poor, and if I've ripped anyone off, which he would have, I pay him back four times." He just couldn't help himself. And that's probably one of the best parts of, of my job is meeting people who just can't help themselves and being generous. They just can't help themselves. A grandparent who's like, "I just, I've got, I'm on the pension, but I'll find a way." I'm going to sponsor a kid. A teenager who says, oh, I've got a couple of shifts at Macca's, I'll, I'll do it. The, the dad I met the other week who, who uh, has five kids of his own, he's an accountant, and so he's got, they've got two sponsored children. He's like, you know what, I want one for each of my kids. You know, and like, I, I, people that just can't help themselves. And can I encourage you this morning? Um, you've got the opportunity, I've told you about it, I'm not going to twist your arm or t- t- try and twist your leg. Um, my prayer is that your response would be, I just, I can't help myself. I've got to help. I've got to make a difference in a child's life. You know, as I, as I finish this morning, generosity in all of life is the way that he wants us to live. Generous with our time, generous with our resource, generous with our words. It's the better way to live. And people love being around generous people. And not only because, you know, they get beyond the, oh, I'll get something out of this stage, to the, oh, I want to actually be like them stage. Uh, Two things this morning. First one is, we'd love to see you sponsor a child. Second one, and the most important one, is I would love to give you the opportunity to receive the greatest gift. The greatest gift of all. Like I talked about, Jesus is the greatest gift you could ever receive. If you're here and you don't know him this morning, you haven't received Jesus Christ. He is the greatest gift. He came. God the Father sent him not to do what was fair, but to do what was extraordinarily generous and to pay the price for my sin and for your sin so that we could know him and we could have eternal life and we could have a full, abundant life. Will we all just close our eyes for a moment this morning? There's a couple of groups of people here this morning that I want to give the opportunity to respond. And the first is people who, who have never committed their lives to Jesus. Maybe a, a friend invited you today. Uh, maybe you, you, you've been around church, but you've never really surrendered your heart to Jesus. He wants to come into your heart and into your life and it's the greatest gift ever. That's the first group. The second group is people, you're away from God. You, you've once known him, but you've, you, you've, you've moved away. You've walked away from God. Maybe you haven't been in church for a number of years and, and you're like, you know what, I, I need to come back to Christ. And the third group, maybe you've been around church a lot, but you're just not sure because you've never really, you, you, you've dipped your toe in the water, but you've never really jumped in and said, you know what, I just want to surrender my life to Jesus. And you're like, you know what, been around church, I know these circles, but I just want to surrender my life fully and completely to Christ. I just want to give you the opportunity right now, if you're any of those three groups of people, uh, would you just raise your hand now and say, you know what, that's me, I want to accept Christ. Would you just raise your hand right now? Is anyone here like that? That's you, just say, you know what, I want to accept Christ. I want to come back to him this morning. Just raise your hand right now. Jesus. All right, 
Let's just pray. Father, I thank you for this great church, this wonderful group of people, for a generous heart that I can see is already here. And Lord God, I pray as they have upcoming Easter and other opportunities, Lord God, that they would be courageous enough to, to, to ask and invite those others in their, the world to come, Lord God. And I just thank you that as a church, that, that the, the generosity and the heart and the love that's for people that's here will grow. And I just sense that it's going to spill out, God, across this community, across Noosa, Lord God. And we just declare it over this church this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.